0: Hello and welcome to the Partners for Access Rare Disease Cell and Gene Therapy Weekly Roundup. I'm your host, Apana Krishnan. This week, we will be discussing the latest Brexit update and its implications on the life sciences industry, Novartis's commercialization efforts for its CAR T therapies, and a unique experiment called the Hercules Project that brought together patient groups payers and biotech companies to help increase patient access to new orphan drugs to treat Duchenne muscular dystrophy. UK Prime Minister Theresa May announced details of a draft proposal of the withdrawal agreement and a political declaration. P4A's Joanna Fernandez
1: is here to tell us more. As we have all seen, Brexit is once again dominating the headlines, with Theresa May's 585-page draft withdrawal agreement. It has already been passed through the cabinet and will be agreed by the EU this Sunday. Unfortunately, while the existence of a draft deal means we are moving further away from a possibly disastrous no-deal scenario, very little was mentioned about the life science sector within the deal. One key issue addressed by the deal is that the UK will remain in the single customs union with the EU until December 2020, which may be extended indefinitely if no new arrangement is agreed by then. For the pharma industry, this means near frictionless trade that will allow a continuous supply of medicines. However, with the finalisation of the deal being far from guaranteed, the uncertainty means pharma is still having to prepare for the worst case scenario. Many companies have already spent millions on ensuring a sufficient supply of medicines. Some companies have even gone beyond the six-week stockpile mandated by the UK government. For example, Isai has prepared six months' worth of medicines to ensure patients have access, as many rely on their cancer and epilepsy drugs to survive. Considerable resources have also been spent transferring drug licences to another EU member state and in changing the packaging to reflect this. It is highly unlikely that this would be transferred back even if the draft withdrawal agreement is passed. Another main concern facing the British pharma industry is that despite the UK government's desire for a close alignment with the EU, on regulations of medicine after Brexit, the EU appears to be resistant to this idea. The draft withdrawal agreement states that subject to exceptions, the UK will no longer participate in meetings of member state groups. This document indicates that even during the transition period, the UK will not be able to act as a rapporteur for the assessment of medicines and drugs authorised in the UK will not be considered as reference medicinal products in the EU. Therefore, the likelihood of the UK's medicines regulator being an active member within the EMA is low, regardless of the draft deal outcome. This remains true even with the future relationship political declaration document, which stipulates a commitment to explore the possibility of UK cooperation with union agencies such as the EMA. This indicates the likelihood of regulatory divergence from the EMA resulting in more costs to pharma industry as they try to satisfy the requirements of both healthcare authorities. While the Association of the British Pharmaceutical Industry and the Bio-Industry Association have praised the deal they are still urging the government to include more commitments to public health and medicine safety to ensure these issues are not negatively affected by Brexit. But until more detail is provided, the pharma industry will still remain in an uncertain state. Now
0: to the Novartis story. So Novartis, the Swiss pharmaceutical giant, recently said that it was increasing its focus on commercializing its CAR-T therapy, Kymriah. Currently, the company is busy trying to launch the drug in Europe. So what is it doing exactly? According to a Pharma Forum article, which quoted Liz Barrett, the head of its oncology division, Novartis is making quote-unquote substantial investments in infrastructure to help bring the drug to patients. She also said the company will focus initially on commercializing Kimraya in the pediatric and adolescent patient group in which it is approved for use. Kimraya is approved in the EU as a treatment for acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Novartis' efforts will be aimed at reducing its costs by creating small infrastructure hubs that will be able to quickly transport the therapy to clinics. This is important because card t drugs work by harvesting T-cells taken from the patient's blood. They are then in re-engineered in a laboratory to find and kill cancer cells before being reintroduced into the patient. Therefore, having these laboratories close to clinics where patients are treated would significantly cut costs. There is growing competition in the global CAR-T therapy space. So far in Europe, true drugs have been approved. Chimraya and Gliliad's Yescarta. As these new therapies are introduced into the healthcare system, there will be new challenges for manufacturers as they grapple with scaling up production and logistics to ensure access. If Novartis is able to successfully reduce costs through laboratory hubs being closer to drug delivery clinics, it will be interesting to see how that impacts access and uptake of car T's in the near future. Project Hercules, a novel initiative that has brought together several healthcare stakeholders to help improve preparedness for drug reimbursement in the UK. Sophie Schmitz, P4A's managing partner, will give us more details on this initiative.
2: Hi, Apana. I'd like to talk about Project Hercules today. And the reason I want to talk about that is twofold. Number one is, is congratulations because they won a very prestigious award this week, which is the 2019 Eurodis Black Pearl Award for patient engagement. And the second reason is really to share the very innovative approach that they have used for Duchenne muscular dystrophy, because I think it's a, a really important uh, approach and something that our clients and I think certainly people within the rare disease world would be able to benefit from um, being able to utilize something similar. So let me explain a little bit about what Project Hercules is about. And it was really set up um, out of frustration, actually, in order to increase and improve access for patients suffering from Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And there are three, as far as I'm concerned, certainly, um, if I look at it, there are three key success factors in terms of why this particular project has been so successful. So the first of all is having the right people involved and the right champions. And let's have a look at some of the people that are involved. So we've got um, patient advocacy, Fleur Chandler, actually one of the, the, the key people that set this up. Not only is she a mother of uh, a boy that suffers from Duchenne, but she also um, works for GSK as well. So she's got the ability, she's got that vision into both worlds. We also have uh, uh, Emily Crossley, who also is a, a parent herself, Again, somebody with a very unique skill set from a media perspective that's able to utilise those skills. And and thirdly, and very importantly, Josie Godfrey has been involved, um, who was certainly from a nice perspective, one of the key people involved in setting up the HST system. So those three people that are involved in pulling this together are are incredibly important because they all have different skill sets uh, and very important skill sets to bear. In addition, those people were able to get the right industry involved as well. So they started off with with five uh, companies back in November 2017. They now have seven key companies. And we're not just talking about small biotech companies here. We've got five. PTC, Roche, Sarepta, Solid, Summit, and also Wave Life Sciences as well so some really um, important industry involved here so having the right people involved and and the right champions is incredibly important success number one success number two is that they didn't just look at the problem which was a frustration of of nice taking a long time and often providing um, additional restrictions to access What they did is that they looked rather at the solution and said, what we want to achieve is better access for patients, faster access for patients. And so they very much had a solution focused um, approach to this. And that really gave them a much broader remit and and an opportunity to be more innovative in their approach. And the third thing is very much what, what they call the sharing principle, sharing is caring. And, and all of the tools that they have developed are very much focused in on a sharing modality. So it's not just for one company, it's for all of the companies that are involved in Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And if I can just share, just, just to give some examples of some of the tools that they've actually pulled together, um, you, I think our listeners would benefit from this from actually seeing what they've done. So um, first of all, having a shared model for pharmacologists, economic modelling purposes, um, having data analysis that actually is mapped to clinical trial endpoints and, and also to, to the outcomes as well, um, having a cross-sectional study looking at the burden of illness, which again is, is shared across everybody, um, also as well having an economic model that can be adapted to the individual country requirements. Um, and lastly as well, I think this is really important, is being able to provide training um, expert input and then also mock appraisal committees for the various different countries to re- companies to really get them up to speed. So it's really these three key success factors from, from certainly from, from my perspective that have made this project so very successful and I certainly hope um, this model will be used in other disease areas moving forwards to increase and certainly speed up access for patients in need.
0: And that's it for this week. For more news and analysis, go to our website www.partnersforaccess.com. Subscribe to our podcast from iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and do share your thoughts in the comments section. Thanks for listening. See you next week.